a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon and welcome to Inside Sources. I am your host for the day, Greg Scordis, filling in for Boyd Matheson. I heard Maria say Boyd was in the studio, so Boyd, if you're there and you want to jump in and play anytime, just feel free. Um, We've got a really full show today, and if you uh, have lived in Utah for very long, you know that since yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, today is the first day of the Utah legislative session, and we hope to be able to interview several of our representatives and senators in respect to that. Uh, it's a, I think they've got a full plate with a lot of things, and we've talked about those. You've heard some um, references to some of the bigger bills and some of the bigger statements that are going on. We're joined, first of all, this afternoon by Representative Brian King, who I know and have known for many years. He's an outstanding lawyer, and he's done a very good job on the legislature. Uh, Brian, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Greg. Great to be with you. I hadn't realized uh, when we set this up that today was the first day of the session, so if you need to run, uh, by all means do so, but uh, if you could give us a few minutes, it would really be uh, helpful. Uh, Brian, we heard uh, during some of the breaks about some of the, maybe I'll call them Republican uh, uh, agenda, and maybe just some priorities that they have, but one of them had to do with water and the drought issues. Uh, We've heard some discussion about uh, sort of tweaking the mask mandate bill. Um, and, I, of course, I want to get to you about uh, where we are on the death penalty. But what are some of the, the Democrats' agendas as we're starting this session right now, Brian? Well, uh, thanks for asking. That's uh, something that we have worked hard on. We've tried to come up with things that are relevant to Utahns and good public policy that helps uh, people across the state. And we're happy, quite honestly, to see uh, movement in the direction of things we've been talking about for many years. Water conservation is one. Affordable housing issues is another. Talking about uh, eliminating the sales tax on food, those kinds of things. Those are all, uh, we want to make sure that we focus our efforts to address the needs of regular Utahns, people who are really struggling to make ends meet. You know, we spend 45 days up here, and most people don't have a lot of time or energy to really focus on what we're doing. And, And that's fine. I mean, we don't need... Uh, everybody's rapt attention, but we do owe it to Utahns to make sure that we're addressing stuff that they are struggling with every day and need it addressed. And those are things like uh, eliminating the sales tax on food in a way that allows people who are working to uh, put bread on the table to make it a little easier for them. 
uh, addressing some of the questions that concerns problems that we have with affordable housing. Uh, you know, our rents and our uh, mortgage prices, our home prices are just going through the roof. And that creates a hardship for a lot of people. And so we want to try to come up with some good uh, ways of addressing that kind of thing. And, and honestly, Greg, <laughs> the Republicans have moved in the direction of some of these things that we've been talking about for many years. We've seen the move in the direction of those kinds of issues uh, in the last two, three, four years. And that makes us recognize we've been talking about things that Utahns care about and that are proper all along. I agree with that. Just listening to some of the some of the quotes that we've heard, you know, Brian, I I live up in the Ogden Valley. And for the last 12 years, I drive to and from uh, that area to my office in Salt Lake and drive by Pineview Reservoir. Last year, I saw that water body at the lowest level that I have ever seen. Uh, we were all on water restriction in, in that area, and I suppose statewide people were having the same consideration. Certainly, this is something that, like you said, might be a, a Democratic priority, but the Republicans are taking some notice, too. I mean, where, where do you think we're going this session with respect to the drought that we're suffering right now? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, 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 there, there are things that we've been talking about as Democrats for years in terms of uh, one of the things that the uh, water conservancy districts really have focused on, what we call the water buffaloes, they're sort of the experts in the area of our water use, and they focus for decades now on that's not the most fragile, uh, That's not the most uh, uh, for <laughs> sexy title for water experts, <laughs> water buffaloes, but we'll live water with that, buffaloes. Brian. Well, they're the, the, but it is a very complex area of law, and so we want to make sure that we get good people who have thought hard about those things. And the conservation districts have built capacity, which is great. But uh, that idea of coming up with better ways of using less water is also something that's critically important. And quite honestly, it's not something that we've done as good a job with here in Utah as our surrounding states have done. For example, we use a lot more water per capita than just about every surrounding state. And yet we're no, uh, uh, those other surrounding states are not, uh, for the most part, any drier than Utah. In fact, I think Nevada is the only other state in the country that's drier than we are. It gets less moisture. The other, the other thing the other surrounding states do is they uh, do a much better job of tracking or metering their water usage and letting the people who use water on a day-to-day basis know that they're being measured, they're being metered. And finally, they do a better job of charging people according to how much water they use free market principles. You can use more water if you want, but you're going to have to pay for it. That's not something that Utah has done a very good job with. If we do those things, if we put in place metering, if we put in place better pricing of our use of water, sure that we do not divert water sources away from where it ends up, our uh, our Great Salt Lake that we are so concerned about now, uh, people are becoming more and more sensitized to the danger, the jeopardy that the Great Salt Lake is in. Uh, if we start doing a better job of those things, I think it's going to be easier to both meet our regular water needs and then have what we need available for uh, other uses and making sure that the Great Salt Lake remains healthy. Brian, I'm going to shift gears on you for just a minute. My good friend and, and legal colleague, David Levitt, the Utah County attorney, has for several years, I think, approached the, the legislature with um, 
with the idea that maybe uh, the death penalty is not working in Utah, and it seems to be another issue that's gaining some traction. Is that something that we can look forward to some debate on this session? I think so. I think uh, Representative Snow, Lowry Snow, very well-respected member of the House, former president of the Utah State Bar from Washington County, is going to sponsor a bill that addresses that by getting rid of the death penalty. And I'll tell you, it's a tough issue. It invokes so much emotion on all sides. I just got an email from a constituent today saying, whatever you do, make sure that you do not get rid of the death penalty. We're too soft on crime and too soft on criminals. But I have to tell you, and you have as much or more experience than just about anybody in the state on this, Greg, with your criminal defense practice. But my feeling is, after looking at it, I understand the sense that we all have when horrific crimes, really crimes that just incense you in terms of how terrible they are when they happen, our our immediate instinct is to say that person should not be allowed to live themselves. But everything that I read, everything that I see makes me think that there are greater costs and greater problems associated with trying to maintain the death penalty than with just getting rid of it. most other developed countries have uh, taken that route. Many more states are going in the direction of abolishing the death penalty for a wide variety of reasons. I mean, it was interesting. We, we, got, we flirted with this getting rid of it four years ago. I think it was the last session that uh, Speaker Hughes, Greg Hughes, uh, presided over. And one of the things that we had with the representatives and uh, the senators, the, the, uh, they're not representatives and senators at all in Nebraska because it's a unicameral body, but the state legislators from Nebraska came in. They had gotten rid of the death penalty, and they, a number of them came and testified as to why they did it. And the reasons were all across the board in terms of appealing to Democrats and Republicans and appealing to liberals and conservatives. Uh, libertarians, all sorts of people were saying, here's yet another reason to abolish the death penalty. It's expense, the way that it's unfairly administered, the way that it puts families and victims of crime in limbo for decades, oftentimes, before they have a final resolution. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a tough issue because, as I say, people feel strongly about it, and I can understand that. But my hope is that we have a good discussion of it and that we can address it in a way that um, faces up to the real costs of maintaining that death penalty. And I'm talking about taxpayer money. I'm talking about psychic costs. I'm talking about the length of time involved. I'm talking about disproportionate impact or disparate impact on those who uh, don't have the money to hire a good lawyer or those who, because of their ethnic background or even sometimes their religious background are sort of targets for uh, prosecution of these kind of crimes. It's I hope we make progress on it by uh, having a good debate on the floor and that we're able to bring it up for a vote and, and move on. Get rid of it. I hope so, too, Brian. I really do. And thank you for joining us today. You know, every time we talk about the death penalty, something comes along like uh, Timothy McVeigh or Jeffrey Dahmer, and people go, wait a minute, maybe we should have an exception to uh, abolishing the death penalty, because every once in a while there's a case that's just so horrific. Uh, but uh, but that'll be interesting to see what our legislature does on that. Uh, I thought it was that we'd been addressing it for the last couple of years. Uh, Representative King, who just joined us, said it's been on the table for four years. When we come back... Um, legislatures are nationally uh, considering uh, more pandemic stimulus spending, but we haven't spent what we've given away already. 
Let's uh, talk to an expert about that after our next break. Please stay tuned. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.